Hello there. This is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message for those that are hungry and thirsty for reality to discover ultimate meaning, destiny, and purpose in their life. We're living in a world that's filled with hopelessness and meaninglessness. No wonder when you're taught false pseudoscience as if it's fact, such as the theory of evolution, you go to my website at ultimatemeaning.com. I have a flip book there, which I've written with very unique original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me, which has links in red print to many videos that are very profound and amazing that show the very strong scientific evidence for the hope of eternal life, for life after death, for the one true eternal God and strong, very strong scientific evidence showing how big a lie the theory of evolution is from many fields of science and also archaeology. So check that out. There's good news. There's a reason why everything exists and it's love. It's the ultimate perfection and manifestation of love who is the one true eternal God. You know, beings that have the capacity of love have the capacity to love because they are self-originating. They are the source of their own action. They have free will. That means they're also self-responsible, so you can't blame God for creating the devil or any, any other choice that free will beings make. They create their own reality, their own destiny by their choices. It's only in free will that there's the potential and the capacity of love, which is the greatest, obvious, fulfillment and meaning and purpose there can be. What meaning and purpose is behind an empty robot, a mere machine, that is only the input of information from an outside source and not self-originating? God's purpose is that we would come into harmony with his love and find the reason for our life, which is in fellowship with him and his creation. And I'm writing a book on the evidence of life after death, which will be coming out probably this month. I'm getting very close to finishing it. It's very in-depth, highly researched, highly sourced, with lots of bibliography. And boy, I can tell you that this physical third dimension is so inferior compared to the other dimensions from the fourth to the tenth dimension that they have discovered through mathematical analysis in particle physics. And when one leaves this body, they are in a realm that is far more real than this realm. Far, far more real. One compared it to mere two-dimensional paper drawing in comparison to the third dimension. So much greater is these other dimensions than the third dimension, which we live in, in this world. God's love is so great. 
that he always chooses the highest lasting good over any lesser choice. Any lesser choice as such, obviously, would have a measure of corruption in it. This love is so great that it is a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to this love that chooses the highest lasting good. It is the very antithesis of corruption. It is the very opposite of corruption. It ensures that there can be goodness without corruption that is ever enlarging in creativity and fulfillment going on without end, which is what you will experience in heaven if you receive this one true eternal God. Let me just describe him a bit. In the Old Testament, the word Lord God is often used, but in the original Hebrew, the word Lord is Yahweh, meaning the ultimate reality. And you know what's behind that ultimate reality? Love. This ultimate perfection of love is what is the source of reality, of all that exists. It is in the one true God who is love. And so this word Yahweh, which means basically the I am that I am, is the first word, which in English is Lord. The second word in English, God, in the original is Elohim, meaning the Almighty's, referring to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God cannot be God unless he is in three personages, because he must be in personage to rule over the three ultimate aspects of existence, which is beyond creation, in creation, and filling all creation, as the Father beyond time and space and creation, as the Son, the full expression of the Father into the creation realm to experience its limitations and fellowship with creation, as the Holy Spirit filling all dimensions of time and existence within the creation realm and beyond with the Father. And so you are in three personages in those three ultimate aspects of existence, or you wouldn't be ruling over them and therefore would be less than God. So this one tree to eternal God can only be the one true eternal God known as Yahweh the Almighty's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this love is so integrous, as I said, that it is a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to love. This is represented in the negative symbol in mathematics and electricity and nature, which represents an indestructible foundation and represents cutting off all corruption. From that negative symbol is formed the positive symbol by crossing out that negative symbol, which represents the other aspect of God's love, which is the ultimate of this perfection, revealed in the fact that God's love is so great that he always had from the infinite past the capacity in his being to take judgment upon himself for his creatures in the physical dimension. And so he came in Jesus Christ into this world and became a perfect atoning substitutionary sacrifice on the cross. He humbled himself more than you, a mere creature. He suffered more than you, a mere creature, so that you could choose to repent and be reconciled with God. So this message is to those that have done so.
to the churches throughout United States and Canada and around the world in this time of such serious crisis. So I want to share with you how I share these messages. The Word of God says in 1 Peter 4.11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. And that is what I will seek to do. This is further explained in Revelations 19.10, which says, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When you worship God in spirit and in truth out of great reverence and humility and love for God, you are filled with his spirit in an overflow beyond yourself that results in creative utterances. And so I will seek to be in a heart set and a mindset of worship that there may be that overflow that I may speak as the oracles of God. This message, part of what I do to facilitate that is to cast lots to get any possibility of a chapter in the Word of God of any chapter with two random applications to get two chapters that they might bear witness with each other as to the theme and what God would be saying to the body of Christ at this time. And so I want to share with you those two chapters. I only spent a half an hour. I don't know. I just meditate on them. I don't know what I'm going to preach on. I am allowing it to be that way that it may allow for me to speak as the oracles of God to speak prophetically. And so I stir the gift of God up. And I also choose a hymn by the casting of Lot. So I want to share the hymn I got today and we will play that hymn and worship with it. And it fits right in perfectly with the message of those two chapters, as is the case almost always. Other times God wants me to just find it by topic, and that's fine too. So, let us go with the song that is for today. Here.
And that is such an appropriate song for the message that I'm about to share here. God is calling many of you out there, and I say this with tears coming down my cheeks, to come home. You've wandered far away. And it is time that God wants you to come home. Why have you hewn out broken cisterns that can hold no water? When he offers you the water of life, he says, whoever believes with their life into me out of it, their innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. It is time that your life that has been fragmented and shattered be made whole. And he will make you whole, brothers and sisters. I remember my mother, which recently went into glory sharing. And I remember the scene as a little child of around maybe six or seven years old in a little church on Scott Road, a little rickety old church. The pastor lived in the basement with his wife, and all they got was the food that the congregation donated to them. They didn't get any income. And one day, Mom invited a lady to the church whose husband was just killed in a logging accident. And I saw Dave Woodward up there, and he was preaching with tears coming down his cheeks. And this dear lady ran forward and got on her face and repented and received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Oh, how wonderful. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And you cannot come to God. And you're not coming to God unless there is that longing in your heart of repentance, to be made whole, to be received of God, to have him cleanse you in his blood and wash you and make you white as snow. Now, I want to share with you what I received today by the casting of Lot before the Lord. The two chapters I received were Psalm 60 and James chapter 4. And these two chapters are on war and conflict and the root cause, which is lust and adultery. The solution is to turn back into the genuine fear of God with great humility and repentance. And to cut off and break off all the compromise. In James, it says the friendship of the world is at enmity with God. God does not want us to have compromised relationships where our fellowship is with those that hate God rather than with those that love God. So I want to begin reading Psalms 60, which I first received by the casting of Lot. And I may as well, since it's not a long psalm, just go straight to the scripture itself and read that. So here we go. To the chief musician upon Shushanath, Shushanad, Shushanadath, Mictum of David, to teach, when he strove with Amranaharam and with Amzobah, when Job returned and smote of Edom in the valley of salt, 12,000. O Almighties, that's what it is in the original, thou hast cast us off, thou hast scattered us, thou hast displeased has been displeased, O turn thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble, thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof, for it shaketh. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. 
Believe me, we are seeing hard things in this hour. Look at the dictatorship that is taking place in Canada through a false excuse of COVID. Oh, just go to my website at either ultimatemeaning.com or loverealize.com and look at the links on the homepage to news sources if you're not aware of what's going on so that you can become a good watchman. It is tragic what has happened. It is shocking what has happened. People losing their jobs, being forced to take vaccines. Now there's all the clear statistics that are coming in that people that have two or more vaccines are dying in high numbers because the people behind all of this planned it. You only have to look at the book that was written and came out on July of 2020 by Klaus Schwab, which is the leader of the World Economic Forum. A bunch of billionaires and millionaires are in that and people like Trudeau and Macron and Biden goes there and many others. They're his disciples. And what, are the, what does he talk about plainly in his book? Reducing the world population from 7 billion down to 1 billion pathetically sad. And these people don't care about you and your country, nor do they serve you. They're more interested in being a disciple of this fool whose father was very close to Hitler. And so he's up there, assuming he has all this power and talks brazenly right in front of everyone about these plans. And his economic, and his big advisor and in Israel, I forget his name, it's so hard to pronounce him. Um, anyhow, he even says worse things. And of course, it's so obvious they believe in the theory of evolution. But here we see this astonishment of powers like, you know, Bill Gates, George Soros, Klaus Schwab, all of these that have such power that, you know, they own everything in the world, about, oh, well over 70% through BlackRock and so on, that they are the ones that own. And so they come down in the FDA and bribe them and bribe everyone else. And they work in conjunction with the Chinese Communist Party, which has infiltrated every strata of influence in the United States and, and in many places around the world for the last 30 years. News media, etc. So we're looking in astonishment of things that are happening as never before. God is calling us as his people to wake up as we're drinking the wine of astonishment. Thou has given a banner to them that fear thee that it may be displayed because of the truth. This is what is so important is that we do not lose the genuine fear of God and that we begin to grow and turn, well, first of all, turn back to the genuine fear of God and to grow in it. It says of the early church that they grew in the fear of God. Now, this is not a negative thing. This is a very positive thing. And I could speak for hours on the fear of God. The fear of God is this, it says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and to them he will show his covenant. The secret. It says concerning the Messiah in Isaiah 33 that the fear of the Lord is his treasure because it is the secret of deep intimacy and abiding with God in deep fellowship with God. 
because it involves the turning of our heart and the reciprocation of our heart towards who God could only be, which is nothing less than an ultimate trustworthiness that would only be worthy of unlimited power and life and authority without using it in a corrupt way or becoming corrupted by it, thus indicative that he is the very source of all unlimited authority and power. He is very God. But it is the reciprocation of his holiness, which is the purity of his love that will not tolerate sin, that must be foremost in the fear of God. That we see that this is good. Yes, it's easy when you see the terrible suffering in your own life and around you to focus on the consequences of God's holiness that has allowed all of this and say, God, would you, why would you allow this? And begin to have a perverted view of God that is out of a heart that is unthankful and perceives him as a dictator that is not good, but that demands submission. But that's a wrong and idolatrous perception of God. The holiness of God is good because it ensures there will be no corruption, that we can have a destiny without corruption of ultimate fulfillment. And that is what my book on life after death, which is coming out soon, is on. And believe me, it is beyond your wildest. You cannot even comprehend in this physical dimension of your little mind how great and wonderful the things that God has for you are when you choose to make him the treasure of your heart, the Lord and the Savior of your life. And God gives a banner to those that fear him, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Now, that banner doesn't have to be some banner that you draw as a sign. It's displayed because of the truth that is in you. There's the shining of God's presence in you that becomes a banner, that becomes notable. There's also his presence that is as a savor, a beautiful incense that is talked about in the New Testament. That for those that believe we are a savor of life unto life and to those that we do, do not believe, we are a savor of death unto death. Yes, to those that embrace a hell-contagious state of being, they are repugnant at the presence of God. It causes them to shrink away. But we have his presence. And his presence is with us no matter what we go through. And I could say some things here that are very depressing of what how evil this world is becoming. But I saw a documentary on the Stu Peters show on Monday on all the children that are disappearing every year. It is, oh, it's the statistics are shocking. I don't remember them exactly. I think it's something like 200 an hour. Many of these are sacrificed by Satanists. And I don't even want to describe what they do. It is so evil that I hardly can comprehend how it can even exist. But God is allowing all things because he knows things beyond us. And of course, in writing this book, I discovered that also. When this couple had a tragic car accident. One, the husband and, one, and the little boy survived. But he also temporarily divide, uh, died and was with his wife there and the little daughter that died. 
and God allowed him to embrace that little daughter and he could feel the tears on her cheeks running down his side. It was very real. And she just loved him and loved him. And then God gave him the opportunity to give that little child back to God because it wasn't coming back. But God showed him that it was perfectly in his plan that all of this that seems like a tragedy from our viewpoint would happen. It's like the knitting of a beautiful pattern in a rug. The backside doesn't seem to look very good, but when you turn it around, after all, there was somehow God's hand even in seeming tragedy. And then there's a leather Another Larry uh, lady that died, Mary Neal, a professor. And she had a life review. And God showed her that when she came back, her oldest son would be killed in a car accident. And she said, why, God, would you? Yeah, 10 years after she came back, he was. But God showed her it was part of his perfect plan that that would happen. That it was part of what God had in mind for a beautiful mosaic that we don't see coming together right at this time from our side in this physical dimension. Let me continue to read here. Gilead is my, God has spoken in his holiness. Oh, pardon me, I'm in the wrong section here. We continue here. That thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand. Hear me, God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and meet out the valley of Succoth. So God's spoken in his holiness that he's going to deliver those that are his beloved and that they are going to inherit. In this case, the heathen. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of mine head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot over Edom while I cast out my shoe. Philistia, triumph thou because of me. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O God, which has cast us off, and thou, O God, which didst not go out with our armies? You see, God didn't go out with their armies, and David knew it. But he's crying out here for God's help. Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. And so when we get right with God, and we come back home to his love, to be embraced by him, he will receive us as the prodigal son. Now I want to begin to read a little bit of James chapter 4, which goes with this. So we'll go back to James chapter 4. If I can get back to it quickly, that would be great. Sometimes, there we go. From whence comes wars and fightings among you, beginning at verse 1. Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, ye... Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask, and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. So in both these chapters, there's a theme of war, and the root cause of the war is lust. And it's asking out of impure motives of lust. 
When we ask God for things, we're not going to receive them if those motives are impure. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. This was the trap that Israel fell into time and time again in the Old Testament with particularly Edom, which had many beautiful women. Yes, Balaam, the king wanted him to curse Israel, but the, he ended up blessing Israel and the king was frustrated. But finally, that false prophet tells the king, the way you get Israel to have a curse is you bring your beautiful women to them and compromise them. And sure enough, that's what happened. And a plague fell upon the nation of Israel. And it was so bad that in the midst of the plague, one of the men brought a beautiful woman into the tent in front of Moses and Phinehas, the high priest, and was having sex with her, I would assume. And what happens? Phinehas is filled with such hate and rage against this evil compromise that he goes and puts a spear through both of them. And the plague was stayed because God honored the hate that Phineas had towards sin and the love that he had towards love, who is God. Godliness is conformity to the being of God's love, which hates what is contrary to love and loves what is really life and love and fulfilling which is only found in God. He is our enjoyment. He is the very source of life, which issues from his love. But he giveth more grace. And it says here, do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Now, let me read that in another translation. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit that he has caused to dwell in us? You have a spirit you have a soul, and God is jealous for your soul. He is jealous for your spirit that it come into this wonderful abundance of life and fulfillment and oneness with your Creator. And so he says that he gives more favor. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace unto the humble. It is when we humble ourselves and acknowledge our sin that we can receive of his presence, of his love, of his grace, of his forgiveness. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You do have to resist temptation. And when you begin to consistently resist these things, God strengthens you and the enemy flees. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Brothers and sisters, there needs to be a lot more of that happening in our personal lives. And when we come together, in fact, I suggest when you come together that you come and you supply a lot of Kleenex on each pew 
because a lot of people are going to be crying because God's going to melt their hearts because he's going to begin to pour out of his spirit, brothers and sisters, on those that are desperate in this hour. He's going to break up the fall of ground and he's going to melt the hardness in your heart. And he's calling us now to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord that he might lift us up. And then it goes on to say here, speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver, and it's not you. You're not the judge. Who is able to save and to destroy, who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. And today that is more the case than ever. There are whole complex systems of commerce that are breaking down at this time that indicate that the store shelves may be very well empty in the near future. There's something that's worse than the Great Depression beginning to happen because of the Marxist communist government that stole the election in the United States and trying to destroy the United States as fast as possible. But if we as the church turn to him and repent, he will deliver us and he will heal our land and deliver us from this terrible tyranny that is seeking to take over the world. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. And so it goes on. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So this is the message today. And I want to emphasize that I have a book called God Headship and Body Invasion, which you can buy on Amazon by David Thompson, David James Thompson. It shows you everything you can do in your assembly to never go back to being the church the way you were and to not limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from inhabiting your corporate assembly, that he may find his resting place in the glory of his presence in your midst as well as in individual lives, that the darkness may be broken over your city, over your town, so that multitudes begin to flee to your church as the presence of God is outpoured. So please get that book. It will help support me at this time when I'm in great, really grave financial situation right now, that apart from God's intervention and miracle, I will not make it through this month. So I appreciate your help and your support. I'm trusting God. I'm not panicking. Thank you for listening to this message and God bless you all that are blessable.